Hello, I'm Ben Harmon, the Director of Stills, a photography centre and charity based in the heart of Edinburgh. You're listening to Photography Down the Line, a podcast aimed at sharing the ideas of artists, photographers and other people we're in touch with from the photography sector. To learn more about Stills or to support our work, please visit us online at stills.org. And thank you for listening. Hello, am I speaking to Lorna McIntyre? Speaking. <laughs> Hi, Lorna. Thanks so much for sparing the time the time to do this. Um, where are you? And and I like to ask what what might I be interrupting with this call? I'm in my studio um, and probably interrupting a bit of coffee drinking. <laughs> I tend to do kind of the boring stuff at the beginning of the day, like a bit of admin ordering materials, mm, a few emails and things. So probably that kind of side of work rather than uh, anything too exciting. Yeah, the stuff that requires the, the coffee, the fuel initially, and then perhaps, yeah. perhaps, perhaps less so the, the creative side when you come to making. Do you, do you, do you it's an obvious thing to say, but do you, do you enjoy that part the most? Um, most of the time, most of the time, but it sometimes it takes a little while to get into that place where yeah. it is kind of happening. I think it's, it's the, kind of the harder side to um, to get, yeah, to get into. Yeah. Whereas it's easy to send up a few emails and yeah, um, yeah, order paper, buy some film, yeah, all these kind of things. Yeah, and 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 I know as a as a parent, it must be really hard to find that. Is it is it hard to find that creative time? Have you have you worked out a way of of way a way of doing that of sort of being an artist and a parent at the same time? Um, I think it's a work in progress, definitely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, obviously the pandemic has put a lot of pressures. Um, I think I had, I felt like I kind of had it quite sorted early on, but it's, yeah, I think due to um, the pandemic and I think it's also maybe a bit harder being with a, a very chatty four-year-old than it is with a, a very quiet baby. I could kind of work quite well in the first non-verbal years uh, during nap times and just even had kind of more headspace, I think, because, yeah, it was a lot kind of, a lot quieter yeah. so yeah it's it's kind of evolving all the time I think that that juggling yeah. act yeah I always remember um the artist the Glasgow-based artist Kathy Wilkes who I know you know and is you know hugely respected um commenting that you that the art world doesn't really let you have children it was I don't know if it's got any easier since you know since she said that probably about 10 years ago now but Think there's a lot of truth in that would, would you agree uh yeah i think it definitely there's a lot of things that makes it a lot harder um residencies mm. openings i managed to go to quite a lot early on when bedtime was less of a kind of distinct definite point in the day um yeah. and they're easy to easier to kind of keep away from yeah, doing any damage, thanks. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, it's all changed so much with with COVID. You know, there hasn't mm -hmm. been these openings and events that I might have otherwise 
try taking Romeo along to a bit more. Um, but no, I, I'm even surprised sometimes with, you know, the amount of things that have gone online in the last year mm. and a half have in some ways made things easier because I, if things are recorded, I'm quite awful, often able to attend events that I probably wouldn't otherwise. Mm. Uh, and it's been kind of great to go to things on a more international level, you know, kind of drop into book launches or, um, yeah, talks. But mm. quite often they are still one-off events programmed at, you know, six o'clock or seven o'clock, which is quite a difficult timing for those with mm. young children. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was even one on motherhood, motherhood and um, art recently, and it was programmed at like five o'clock. It's like, I don't know that many mothers will be able to attend that, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things being recorded and available, available kind of on demand to watch afterwards has been yeah really brilliant for me to kind of access more. Yeah. Um, more events. Yeah. And while we're on that subject, do you have, are, are there any particular, I, I usually ask this question at the end, but while, while we're talking about it, are there any particular things you would recommend that you've come across recently or even over the last kind of 18 months or whatever of the, the pandemic? Do you have any particular recommendations? Um, I guess I've gone through phases of attending quite a lot of online events and then not so much again. Yeah. Um, I did go to a really great book launch of Moira Davies' new book uh -huh. um, from New York, which was kind of, yeah, just really exciting to be able to be part of. And um, Is that the Mac, the Mac book with Peter Hujar or is it? No, it wasn't that one, but um, it was the I Confess book, okay. um, which is quite a particular um, kind of reflection on yeah um this canadian figure but yeah it's um yeah i think i think it's yeah it's not something i'm doing so much at the moment i kind yeah. of yeah i think you get screen fatigue don't you definitely yeah 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 and it feels like we're slowly returning to in real life yeah open. definitely definitely and, and that feels so exciting to actually yeah yeah see, see things in, in the flesh yeah and generally speaking, how how has it been for you over the last eighteen months? Have you had a lot of things postponed and or cancelled? Um, well, I guess I was kind of finishing the work for GI when for GI twenty twenty when this all started. So um, that was probably the main postponement, mm. um, and that was a bit strange because I I think we'd all kind of finished the work or were just at the kind of final stages and then yeah but quite strange to have this kind of I actually still didn't quite believe it was going to happen this year I think you, you start to kind of doubt everything and there's yeah there's been so many kind of rule changes and quite yeah quick um decisions on what's possible and what's not possible so yeah I think I didn't quite believe it was going to happen until yeah until it did yeah <laughs> this year. um but yeah, yeah, it's been it's been it's been quite a tricky period in terms of I think just having that kind of space around the work. Yeah. Um, I guess I've had quite a lot of kind of shortened amounts of time in the studio, kind of half days rather than whole days, and found it quite difficult to get into that kind of headspace of um, kind of 
yeah being in the work somehow mm. and yeah problems with access to facilities and uh dark rooms and yeah yeah, yeah. not been particularly easy but um but there's also been plus sides i think yeah i've spoken to a few of the artists we've been working with here who've had exhibitions postponed in some cases postponed twice but are presenting work that was almost finished over a year ago and just uh, that must be really strange kind of sort of live, living with that work and sort of revisiting something that was kind of finished and ready to go that you'd maybe moved on from a, a while ago um, mm. was that did the work that you presented in GI um, change at all in the run-up to the to when it did actually open or was it pretty much as it as it was always intended to be for for 2020 um no it changed definitely i kind of i ended up i had made this series of photographs for the first iteration mm. um and in fact in some ways i think i benefited from having that extra year because i think yeah I kind of ended up having quite a bit of time away from the studio. I couldn't access the studio for a while um, during that first lockdown. And um, yeah, the dark room was at street level, which is the one I, I mainly use. Uh, was closed for quite a bit of 2020. Um, so I guess it was all kind of put on pause. And then I picked up a little bit um, after that second lockdown, kind of got back into the studio in March and made this kind of re I used two of the images I made for that first GI and I guess messed around a little bit with them and started presenting them differently um, and that was quite an enjoyable process I think to kind of work with something I already had um, yeah. partly because at the beginning of that process I wasn't really able to print more work um, but yeah I think it was quite I actually I definitely prefer prefer the way things ended up for that 2021 yeah. um, show for yeah than the kind of proposed version that never happened so yeah um things definitely kind of moved in different directions yeah that it's sounds yeah sounds like the the yeah the the sort of time for a bit more thinking space um which you maybe wouldn't normally have has, has been really useful um I've spoken to other people about that, how projects that had to be postponed suddenly have a lot more time to be developed and, and lead to, to much better, better outcomes. Um, could you say, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I didn't make it to your GI show. I had a really short window to get to Glasgow and, and ran around and I, I, I wish I'd had more time, but could you say a little bit about it? The, it was a group exhibition, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a group show with um, Lotte Gertz and Al Didi, um, artists as well, Lotte Gertz I've known for a long time and Al as well. Al was in my year at art school, he's a ceramicist and um, works as an, an art teacher as well. So he's kind of coming from quite a different position. And yeah, it's a show that we actually talked about years ago. I'd kind of had this idea to do a show um, loosely around the idea of still life but I mean in a very kind of expanded sense um, and I was quite interested in what might happen with Lotta works predominantly with printmaking and painting 
uh, and Al works as a ceramicist. So I was quite interested in, in how the work might come together, together with my own photographic installation kind of um, approach to, yeah, kind of working around, yeah, kind of loose subject matter, but in very different um, methods. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's had a very long, <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's another reason I didn't quite believe it was going to happen, because we, we started talking about it. I was definitely pregnant at the time, and, <laughs> and I have a four-year-old, so I think that puts a, yeah, <laughs> definite time scale on it. But, um, yeah, it's, we spoke about it quite a lot, but we couldn't quite decide. I think we wanted to do it, do a show in someone's flat, but then... Mm. One of us really wanted to use our own flats, so mm -hmm. it kind of, yeah, it kind of grew and changed. And then Al got this space in Mary Hill uh, as a little pottery. So yeah, that kind of made it a bit more definite, and we yeah applied to have it as part of GI. So yeah, it kind of, yeah, if it wasn't for that, it's, we'd probably still be talking about it. But it had, I think, in a way, it was nice. I mean, it was a very small space and quite um, kind of intimate show. Mm. It was nice to have that. We did have a lot of studio visits and conversations. Um, yeah, on the kind of run up, especially to the 2021 that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. And then obviously we couldn't really meet up in person, but we did keep on um, kind of gently like sharing things we've been working on or um, material we've been looking at and yeah we kind of carried on this conversation for quite a long time which was a really nice way to do a group show because so often when you're invited to do a group show you're kind of yeah you don't have that opportunity to really yeah kind of create connections with other artists it's kind mm. of yeah a little bit more impersonal so it was it was a good experience yeah and is that is that something you've really missed um from not exhibiting or just in general that those conversations with artists like you might have at an opening or at the pub after the opening or yeah definitely uh i mean i think covid's kind of i've definitely spent a lot more time in my uh yeah super local environment on the south side of glasgow there's mm. been a lot less kind of opportunity to bump into people so yeah i GI was really nice for that. It did a little bit of invigilating and it was yeah great just to see some people again that you literally hadn't seen for a couple of years that aren't yeah. in my you know immediate circle of, of friends and neighbours. So um, yeah, yeah, it was really great for that. And I think, yeah, just going around and seeing some shows felt really so exciting. I yeah. realised I was so culturally starved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're about to open the uh, an exhibition for the Edinburgh Art Festival here. So, I mean, yeah, when does that open? Yeah, 29th of July it opens. Um, and there are obviously various, various venues around the city. So it will be like, yeah, as I said, I had a very brief visit to GI, but it was great to get a taster. And now I think in August, there'll be a little bit of time to really do a bit of gallery hopping. And yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I think the fact that GI was a bit smaller this year, I, I enjoyed. I felt like, yeah, I was able to make a bit more of a dent on on the on the map going around. And I guess a few things were on a little bit longer as well. So um, it was a bit less overwhelming than it's been previous years. And yeah, some really great shows. Yeah. And um, are you, I, I wanted to ask about 
photography and the the sort of role it has in your sort of broader practice are you um am i right i know obviously you went to art school but am i right that you're largely self-taught in the in the dark room yeah yeah and was that using like you mentioned street level you tend to use their facilities did you did you do a course there is that how you kind of became familiar with with working in the dark room no i guess i was able to access some um i did learn a little bit when i was at art school even though i, I didn't study photography i studied environmental art but especially at the time i was there there was there was a few dark rooms kind of um, around the campus, which I don't think are there anymore. There was one in the Barnes building mm -hmm. uh, where I studied environmental art. There was also one in the Macintosh and one in the basement corridors. And when I was there in the late 90s, as part of your first year, um, you'd kind of do all these modules and slightly different kind of ways of making work and photography was one of them. So I, I guess I learned some very basic things Yeah. in yeah, first year. And then you were able to do a kind of a crossover project at a later point. Right. So I spent a couple of weeks in the photography department in second year. And then, I, yeah, I did kind of, I did kind of dabble a little bit for a long time, um, both in the undergraduate and when I went back to do the MFA. Um, I, was a, I was then able to kind of get into the photography department and do some printing. But yeah, I've never really been, I've never really had a lot of instruction. But no. I think uh, I think in some ways, I think that's allowed me to kind of um, maybe develop quite a singular approach to how I want to use photography. Mm. Don't feel too bound to the rules because I've never learned them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, at various at various points, I have had some some more formal input from people. In fact, Alan Dimmick he helped me a little bit later on. Yeah, the dark woman in Flourish and he helped me make some prints. I think at a point where I didn't have any darkroom access anywhere else. Mm -hmm. yeah. In Flourish Studios in Robertson Street in that yeah. amazing sort yeah. of lot of space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you're quite interested in the process, aren't you? Or um, what's the word? Uh, yeah, sort of sort of experimenting with the process and using different kind of materials in the production of the prints like yeah. soft drinks for example <laughs> yeah i guess it's yeah i guess i kind of i'm quite interested in where working with photography and working with other materials kind of meet yeah um so yeah i've quite i've been messing about quite a bit with various um different kind of invented processes and techniques quite often more recently toning prints in yeah things that aren't meant to be used for um toning photographic prints but um yeah and just kind of enjoying yeah having a kind of freedom with photographs as objects really um rather than them being somehow these precious um yeah Precious. I mean, yeah, I think I'm more interested in, in actual photographs than in photography in a way. Yeah. yeah. Kind of interested in how they how they sit together with other with other elements um, and with other materials and how they can absorb different materials and, and then that becomes part of the print, you know, it's kind of yeah. 
yeah, Coca-Cola is a can be a an actual material on a on a list of materials. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of interested in how those kind of borders around the photograph and how they can kind of be disrupted. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because I I think when I first became familiar with your work, I it was largely sculptural. Mm. And then, um, if you if I don't know, like me, you might struggle to think back to 2011, but a, an exhibition I curated at Goma called Yumi Something Else, which was very much about the it was about it was a, an exhibition of sculpture, but you exhibited, if I remember correctly, um, part of the exhibition you had a a sort of cyanotype it was it was um textiles mm. thing. and you'd you i think you'd use the cyanotype process to create these kind of bleachy patterns am, am i have i remembered that rightly i almost almost <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it wasn't a cyanotype it was just um i had used bleach on a kind of very right. blue velvet yeah. Um, which had that kind of cyanotype colour to it, but no, it wasn't, there was nothing photographic about it. No. Um, but yeah, that was a bit of a one-off, that piece of work, really, I think. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I remember I remember first seeing it in, hanging in your studio when you had the studio on, um, right next to the Clyde. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting that I remember it as a cyanotype, but, I, but from then I've sort of, with great interest, watched how photography has sort of crept in and out of your practice and how mm. it how it brings the sort of sculptural elements together. And um, I mean, a really memorable exhibition was your solo exhibition at DCA in, I think it opened in 2018. In yeah, Dunham. the end of 2018, yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the starting points for that um, exhibition was a, a Roman terracotta tile. Is that right? From the collection mm. of Annus Museum. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd kind of, um, I guess I'd been wandering about the McManus looking for, at the very beginning of working on that show, trying to find some kind of hook, mm. kind of connection to Dundee or something from Dundee. And yeah, I found this um, little fragment of tile that a dog had walked across when the um, material was still wet and left this beautiful little paw print um, mm. and they very kindly let me go and photograph that object and then that became a bit of a a bit of a thread throughout some of the the other works in the show this idea of kind of something very um very much of of a particular moment in time i guess in the same way as taking a photograph yeah you know something um, that leaves leaves a trace or leaves a kind of permanent um, imprint or result, but is is very much um, of a kind of yeah very particular scene at a very particular moment. Um, but also that idea, I think, of the paw or the hand became another kind of thread. Like mm -hmm. um, more this idea of a kind of unconscious movement of the hands. I, I filmed my my daughter as she was a newborn baby, just kind of doing these amazing strange movements with their hands um that newborns do kind of grasping at the air um but very um yeah somehow very much something very full of life about these kind of grasping mm. movements um yeah and i also had these kind of clay elements that were 
made very basically just by um, moving clay in the palm of my hand. And um, yeah, there was also a photograph that I'd taken in Rome quite a few years before that mm -hmm. show um, of this kind of colossal hand um, sculpture, um, which is also kind of grasping at the air in a way. Um, so yeah, there was a few, there was a few different threads that kind of ran through that show. But um, yeah, I think that Rome, the Roman hand, I think was included in Ambit or yes. a version of it in yes. 2017. Yeah. 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 We had your yeah, work. Slightly different. Yeah. Version. Yeah. 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 I love that idea of, of, of these sort of traces or impressions that we leave, leave behind. Um, and yeah. And um, yeah, for, I mean, how, how else is, because I know you bring a lot of sort of poetry, poetry and literature into your work as well. How, how, can you say anything else about how photography sort of brings all these things together? The archeology span and poetry and literature, or is it just sort of, um, uh, is it just one element of the sort of binding process that, you know, results in the work you want to present? Mm, that's quite a difficult question, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Questions tend, tend to get longer as I'm asking them. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I have a habit of doing that. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm wondering, well, perhaps to, I could rephrase it slightly. Um, what, why do you think you keep using photography? How is it, how is it sort of useful to you? I'm, I'm curious as to why you didn't decide to stick to a primarily sort of, sort of sculptural practice mm. um i think i'm i think i'm kind of addicted to the kind of material elements of analog photography to film yeah. and to printing i'm kind of addicted to the mistakes that happen yeah mm -hmm. and i think part i still kind of resist in a way being a more professional as a photographer because i feel like my self-taught slightly haphazard approach kind of gives me more more freedom for these mistakes to happen or more space for these kind of mistakes to happen. Mm -hmm. got a slightly mm -hmm. faulty camera that I quite often get these weird negatives from with a funny kind of streak of light and I've no idea what it is. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't want to know. <laughs> I think there's something there's something I'm really drawn to about this kind of slight mystery of photography of something something coming out of the darkroom process that's surprising yeah um, so i think i keep coming back and back again and again to to that process because because of that kind of mystery yeah yeah that, that makes sense? sense it does it does absolutely and i feel like a a, a lot a, a, well a few other people i know who are in the darkroom a lot talk talk about that and um mo kersley moena kersley for one who's been on this podcast talks about the, the sort of happy accidents that happen. Mm. Um, yeah. And this, this is part of the sort of magic of the dark room. Make, yeah. I yeah, think it's kind of hard to define. I don't know. I, um, and it's, it all gets a bit kind of hippie or something, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember meeting somebody years ago at, um, at the caravans out of Balfron. There used to be quite a lot of 
artists who used the caravan, this little caravan there for residencies and yeah. it's quite a lot of events and things out there. And I remember meeting someone, someone who lived out there, I actually can't even remember who exactly who it was, and talking to him about photography and he was like, it's silver, it's just silver, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something about just the actual physicality of the silver gelatin print and the, yeah, the actual, um, yeah, the kind of physicality of the process that is really fascinating. Mm, yeah. More than more than the kind of technicalities, which I yeah, shy away from a little bit. Yeah. And while you were talking a minute ago, it made me think of this absolutely amazing quote. And I forget it's from it's from a letter either to or from John Cage, between John Cage and Philip Guston, anyway. Uh, you you might know, I think it's quite a famous quote, and I don't have it in front of me, but more or less one of them is saying how when you go into the studio, your head is, you bring all these all these people with you, you know, your your dealer, your close relationships, all this stuff, and that, you know, the the um, if you're lucky, um, they slowly all leave the studio, and ultimately you yourself leave, and and you're less left with this kind of perfect environment for creative creating work. Mm. Um, Describe that quite badly. It's it's an incredible quote, but it made me think think about that um, uh, when you're describing, yeah, being the dark room and not necessarily from a technical point of view, know exactly what you're doing, but 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 loving the results and seeing seeing these kind of accidents happen. Hmm. I think um, in an ideal scenario, I'm kind of following the work in a way, or the work kind of leads me somewhere, rather than always having a particular idea of exactly what I'm what I want to do or, or why I'm doing it and that's in the kind of best case scenario and I think I think that's been something that's been quite difficult to to kind of get into that zone during this last year and a half because just because of the time constraints and yeah having these kind of three hour days in the studio trying yeah. to trying to get somewhere and then yeah hopping back out and yeah resuming kind of family life or yeah yeah so yeah hopefully things are going to get a little bit easier in terms of having yeah having more kind of space around the work to get yeah to get into a kind of um yeah a good head headspace or a kind of zone yeah and just out of interest have you have you ever set up a dark room at home have you ever sort of thought, no. thought about doing that no no it was i was thinking about that listening to some of the other podcasts actually that not um oh who was it was it maybe alan dimmick was talking about yeah, having one yeah, in the kitchen yeah, <laughs> yeah. um yeah i kind of love that idea but um and you know we do have a couple of weird cupboards uh, <laughs> in our flat but they're full um yeah i it's not something i've seriously thought about no but i, I kind of lo love that idea of being able to especially being able to work at night um would be would be quite exciting yeah um yeah. but yeah maybe not maybe not in my current setup i think i might yeah yeah, yeah. something space. to think about yeah rather space dependent um i've just done a this is a first first thing that's come up on google so it's probably may well be slightly wrong but i've just found that quote and i might as well mm. read it mm. it's philip guston um uh I believe it was John Cage who once told me, when you start working, everybody is in your studio. 
the past, your friends, enemies, the art world, and above all, your own ideas. All are there, but as you continue painting, they start leaving one by one, and you're left completely alone. <laughs> Great. And that was a letter to John Cage? John Cage, um, to Philip Guston from John Cage. Okay. I believe. Must be, they probably published letters somewhere that would be amazing to read, actually. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, Lorna, not a huge amount of time left, and I know your your time is precious. But I wanted to. I wondered the, the first. I think the first time I met you, you were on the transmission committee, mm. such, such an important um, place. And um, I wondered how that's, um, you know, how that sort of changed changed your practice. What you, how you feel about having been on the committee? What kind of experience that gave you? And um, yeah, perhaps you don't have much time to think about it these days, but was that a valuable experience for you? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think it was so much a different era then as well. I was on the transmission committee 2001 and two, um, mm. so not very long after I'd graduated from the undergraduate. And um, I mean, the internet was around then, but it was at this very different kind of stage. So, I mean, artists definitely did not have websites. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the world felt very, very different then in terms of, well, how the art world kind of operated. You know, artists still had slides and um, yeah. quite a lot of people would come, come around transmission, you different curators and, you know, you would show slides of all the different members work to them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which is just so kind of unimaginable now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I learned a huge amount. I was, I was very naive. Um, I think partly in a way, in a way because of that kind of pre-internet moment. You know, I think a lot of artists were way more naive about the art world, about galleries. Mm. Um, you kind of learned things from art magazines, um, from seeing shows. Um, so yeah, I mean, I learned a huge amount, um, and yeah, I mean, had a really amazing experience. Did a lot of travel, and yeah, we sh we showed a lot of really great artists. Um, yeah. Did solo shows with Kathy Wilkes and Alan yeah. Michael and Doshka Makuga. Um, and yeah, I guess at that time there was a quite a different kind of approach. We'd quite often show. A couple of international artists alongside a, an artist based in Scotland as a way mm. of kind of uh, positioning local artists in a more international context. Um, yeah, it was quite an exciting time. Yeah, it's and it's it felt really um, it all felt really kind of energetic and yeah, people were really committed to it. Yeah, and it's hard to imagine now that 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 sort of international context for. Glasgow-based art or Scotland-based Scotland artists wasn't really, there weren't many places you could go and see that. I mean, Goma at that time wasn't offering anything along those lines. And mm. as there are far fewer venues around, I mean, there were places, but no, nothing like it is now. Mm. It was definitely a really kind of outward looking moment. We were yeah, really trying to establish these connections with other mm. places in Europe doing kind of um sometimes kind of artist exchanges of yeah. um kind of curating a, we did a 
a kind of collaborative project with Signal and Malmo and other artists run space and they curated a show in, in Glasgow, we curated a show there and um, yeah we kind of had created some connections in Poland as well and mm -hmm. um, yeah invited some people over from, from Warsaw and yeah it was kind of it was a really exciting time. Yeah. And yeah. I guess, yeah, things have evolved so much since then. It feels, yeah, it feels like um, there was maybe, yeah, just such a different kind of approach. Um, in a way, coming out of that, I think, I think the fact that the internet wasn't such, you know, people were kind of, I think, more committed to, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I guess more kind of, um direct contact with people you know people would come to glasgow to find out about the glasgow art scene mm, in a mm. way that i don't think we do now i think they would mostly just look online yeah yeah um and you know you'd, you'd have these conversations with people or, or you'd invite someone to do a talk if you heard they were in the city or you'd invite people over um yeah very different era but yeah a lot of fun yeah um and i should take this opportunity to let people know that your the a lot of the images and exhibitions we've talked about are on your website lornamcintyre.com um want to thank you so much for your time i was gonna i had a few other questions but um should probably probably round it up there but actually i did want to ask finally what's what's next for you do you have any exhibitions that you're preparing for at the moment or are you sort of seeing how things settle down um beyond all the lockdowns and things? Yeah, I'm kind of making some work uh, with no particular goal at the moment, which is quite exciting. It feels quite liberating. Um, and I was just meeting with uh, Marwina yesterday about writing a text for a show she's working on uh, in Edinburgh, actually, at Curfew. So that's, that's in my mind right now. Um, it's not something I normally do. I'm not really writing it's not part of my practice but I do I do enjoy research and yeah I think it could be quite a nice it's a nice little project to be asked to do so yeah a kind of mixture of yeah some quite free exploration of with some new uh some new ideas for yeah for prints and uh yeah a bit of writing as well yeah brilliant that sounds exciting I look forward to that yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time again, Lorna. Really, really nice to talk to you. Really nice to catch up with you. Thanks and for inviting me. Not at all. And hope to see you in Glasgow or Edinburgh very soon. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. -bye. Bye.